the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good morning morning to our guests. Good morning to friends who have joined us on live stream. We are delighted to be in the house of the Lord today to give him worship and praise. He has been good to us all week and... He deserves our thanksgiving and our praise to him today. And so we gladly come to worship our God, who has been so good to us. And we know that his love is unconditional, and he will always love us. And so we are continuing um, our look at love. Um, love is kind is the topic of, of the sermon today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. The struggle against evil in our, in our day is unrelenting and manifests itself in hateful acts of violence against innocent people. The only antidote to hate is love which has to be demonstrated in the lives of the disciples of Jesus Christ. People may not listen to our talk as Christians, but they cannot ignore the power of our walk, that is, our actions. Last Sunday I spoke on the preeminence of love. Today I want to speak about kindness, which is love in action. The story of the Good Samaritan told by Jesus is a good illustration of what kindness is. Jesus said three men were traveling on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho in a notorious, which was a notorious road known for muggers and thieves. They all encountered a crime scene. Each of these men responded to the crime scene a different way. The first man, a priest, is walking down the road. He sees a man who has been beaten, mugged, left for dead on the side of the road. And he walks to the other side of the road to avoid helping this injured man. The next man, a Levite, who is a temple assistant, so we're talking about religious folk now, he walks across the road, 
sees the man lying there badly, badly injured, and keeps on walking. The third man, a Samaritan, whom the Jews despised, saw this helpless Jewish man lying there, and his heart was filled with pity. He did four things illustrative of what kindness is, which we need to do if we are to learn to be kind. First, the good Samaritan saw a need. Kindness always begins with the eyes, the way you observe the things that are around you, the way you're sensitive to the needs of people. If you're not aware of needs, then you can't care about those needs. You have to see the needs first. And as Luke uh, 10.33 says, But a Samaritan who was traveling that way came upon the man, and when he saw him, his heart was filled with pity. So when he saw him, he said, that's the starting point. To be kind, you have to change the way you look at the world and look at the people around you. You have to become more observant to the needs that are everywhere around you. There are needy people, wounded people, all around us. So why don't we see the wounds of the people around us? We could use one word to describe that, and that is business. You see, hurry is the death of kindness. When we are busy, distracted with other things, we don't have time to be kind. But we have to slow down in order to see the needs of the people around us. The slower you go, the more you see. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, Don't look out only for yourselves. Look out for the good of others also. So the first step to kindness is to ask God to give you spiritual radar to see the people in need around you, people who are hurting emotionally, physically, spiritually, and in any other way. Those who need help, those who need a word of encouragement, those who need a pat on the back, those who need to hear you praying for them. If you care, then you will be aware. So the starting point of kindness is to say, God, open the eyes of my heart that I may not only see you, but the needs of the people around me. The essence of kindness is the ability to sense pain, hurt, brokenness, loneliness in the lives of people, and then be able to move in to do something to help. It's we are around people all the time whose lives are crumbling, but we don't know about it. Kindness starts with sensitivity. It starts with awareness, observing what is happening in the lives of, of people. The fact is, it's not always easy to see the needs of other, others when we are on the other side of the road. But it's a starting point of kindness. Kindness starts with the way that you look at things, the way you look at people. 
But the second thing about this good Samaritan is that he had compassion on the man in need. It's not enough just to see a need. You must empathize with the pain that people are feeling. As Luke 10, 33 says, when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. First, the Samaritan's eyes kicked in. He saw the man, and then his heart kicked in. He was filled in compassion when he saw his condition. Paul says in Romans twelve fifteen that we should weep with those who weep. In other words, share their sorrow, enter their emotion, feel what they feel. If sensitivity begins with your eyes, then sympathy begins with your ears. It's learning to listen. The better listener you are, the more sympathetic you become. Sometimes kindness is just listening to someone. People are dying to have someone listen to them. That is why they go to these internet chat rooms and, and um, get into all sorts of uh, strange relationships. Sympathy meets two of our basic needs. The need to be understood and the need to have our feelings validated. See, having your feelings validated says you're not a weirdo. You are not crazy. That what you feel is normal, and other people have felt it before. See, Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So what is the law of Christ? It is loving others as Jesus has loved us. Do we like people to sympathize with us when we are hurting physically and emotionally? Of course we do. And the Bible says, do the same to others. Paul in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, verses 3 and 4 says, Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the merciful Father, the God from whom all help comes. He helps us in all our troubles so that we are able to help others who have all kinds of troubles using the same help that we ourselves have received from God. See, every problem we go through is an opportunity to learn how to be more sympathetic and to help others. But the third thing the Good Samaritan did was he seized the moment. He seized the moment. So don't wait to be kind. Don't procrastinate. Do what you can to be kind, what you need to be kind at that very moment. Luke 10, 33 and 34, when he saw the man, he felt sore for him and went over to him. He treated his wounds with olive oil and wine, and bandaged them. The Samaritan took action. He didn't say, I'm sorry for this poor man. Isn't it a shame that someone would do this to another human being? He actually did something to help. 
he did what he could with what he had. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28 says, Whenever you are able, do good to people who need help. If you have what a neighbor asks for, don't say, come back later. I will give it to you tomorrow. So the world is full of wounded people. They may not be wounded physically, but they may be wounded emotionally, relationally, financially, and even spiritually. They need our love and our kindness, which is the expression of our love. So don't say, I'll, I'll call them in a, in a few days. When someone loses a loved one, don't say, I'll wait a while and then I'll contact them. When someone you work with loses their job, don't say, I'll wait a month and then I'll be in contact with them. No, do it now. Seize the moment. The Good Samaritan teaches us two very profound lessons about kindness. One, we must be willing to be interrupted. We must be willing to be interrupted. You see, kindness doesn't happen on our schedule. It happens on the other person's schedule. Love is often inconvenient. Kindness takes time. Sometimes to stop and be kind to somebody can mess up your whole schedule for that day. Think of the excuses the Good Samaritan could have given He could have said to himself, I have important business to take care of today. I just can't afford to stop. Besides, the man is probably dead, and I can't help him anyway. See, any time you want an excuse for being unkind, the devil will be right there to give you one. He will gladly give you a hundred excuses as to why you don't have the time, energy, money, and effort to do what needs to be done. Did you know that God intentionally puts people, needy, hurting people, in the path of our life? He puts them there for us to minister to them and to learn to be kind. Oh, we don't learn kindness reading a book about kindness. We don't learn kindness being kind to our children and then they give you a big hug. You learn kindness when you don't get anything out of what you're doing for somebody else. God has uniquely placed individuals in our path. There will be somebody in your home, your neighborhood, at work, or at school who needs to see God's love in action by your kindness even just kind words that you may, you may offer them. Will you seize the moment to show kindness? Or will you say, I'm too busy, I'm, I'm too tired? Or whatever excuse you, you may have. If we are going to be kind, we must be willing to put up with interruptions to our schedule. But the second thing, or the second lesson we could learn from the Good Samaritan is that We must be willing to take risks. Now, many times, the one thing that keeps us from being kind is our fears. Just imagine the fears the Good Samaritan could have had. They were all legitimate fears. 
He could have said, if I bent over to help this man who is laying at the side of the road dying and the robbers are hiding in the bush, they could beat me up, take my clothes, take my money, take my donkey. He could have said to himself, what if I go over to help this man and it's a trap? What if I kneel down to, to take care of, of this man and someone came along and think that I did it? Legitimate fear is that fear makes us unkind. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Do to others what you would like them to do to you. Think about that every time you have to make a decision about what you're going to do about someone whom you see in need or even someone who has has been mean to you. But the, the fourth thing about the Good Samaritan is that he did what he could. There's always a cost to kindness. The inevitable causes you to sacrifice, or it, it inevitably causes you to sacrifice time, money, energy, and even reputation at times. So Luke chapter 10, 34 and 35 says, Then he put the hurt man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he cared for him. The next day, the Samaritan brought out two coins, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of this man. If you spend more money on him, I will pay it back to you when I come again. See, this, this man did all he could to take care of a total stranger. What did he gain from this act of kindness? Nothing. See, kindness is when you do something for somebody without expecting anything back. So why be kind? Why should I be kind to people whom I don't know and who aren't going to repay me? Brothers and sisters, I should be kind because God has been kind to me. Others have been kind to me and I would never be where I am today without their kindness. So many people, as I look back over my life, that I can thank God for because of their kindness. I am the person I am today. The Bible says kindness to others honors God and makes other people want to be kind to you. And God blesses us when we are kind. Isaiah 58, 10 and 11 says, Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry, and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Or God says, basically, when you meet the needs of other people around you, 
I guarantee that your needs will be met by me. So you can't beat that. And Proverbs eleven seventeen says, Kind people do themselves a favor, but cruel people bring trouble on themselves. God has promised many great benefits for kindness. Who needs your kindness this week? Find an opportunity to be kind to someone. There's a great need today for the ministry of kindness. There's stress and strain on every hand. There are many fears and doubts. There are mounting perplexities and frustrations. There are exhausting days and lonely nights. And there are a large variety of physical afflictions and disabilities that so many must constantly deal with every day. If you want something to do that will give you personal satisfaction and joy, show a little kindness to somebody this week. If you want something to do that will have eternal benefits, show a little kindness. If you want something to do that will make a big difference in the lives of others, show the kindness, show a little kindness this week. And if you want to do something that has value and meaning and purpose, show a little kindness, which is love in action. Oh, we serve a wonderful God who has, has expressed his unconditional love by his kindness in sending his son Jesus to die for our sins on the cross. As the recipients of his kindness, God wants us to demonstrate to the world his loving kindness by offering sympathy to those who sorrow, comfort to those who live in fear, assistance to those in need, hope to those who are in despair, and encouragement to those who are discouraged. And when we do that, God will open the windows of heaven to pour out blessings that we could never imagine. God will answer our prayers. God will supply our needs. God will renew our strength day by day. He'll help us through life's difficulties. He will lead us in the paths of righteousness, keep us in the hollow of his hand, lift us up when we fall, and restore our fellowship with himself. And back to that hymn that we sung. In loving kindness, Jesus came, my soul in mercy to reclaim, and from the depths of sin and shame, through grace, he lifted me. From sinking sand, he lifted me. With tender hand, he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light, oh, praise his name, he lifted me. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www 
www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.